This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly, written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. This week, I sit down with Natalie Hickson to discuss her journey of finding freedom from destructive mom anger and tools she uses to coach moms with similar struggles. As we begin, I want to make you aware of another Grace Enough episode that pairs well with today's conversation. That's episode 81 with Trisha Goyer, Calming Angry Kids. I will link this episode in the show notes, or you can search Grace Enough Podcast, Calming Angry Kids, on your favorite listening app to tune in. These conversations will help you identify anger triggers, as well as provide tools to help you and your children process anger in healthy ways. Good afternoon, Natalie, or morning or evening, whatever we're in, (laughs) right? Welcome to the Grace Enough Podcast. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Go ahead and share a little about yourself with our listeners, your family, and what you do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So I live with my husband, Mike. We are in Bozeman, Montana. We are high school sweethearts and married 20 years this year in 2021. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we have three girls. One will be 18 in a month, and we have a 14-year-old and a 11-year-old next week. Um, We're in September right now. We have like really quick, we have homeschooled through my um, 18 year old's whole life um, and all the other girls. And this year we actually put our youngest in a private Christian school. So um, that's been fun. And I didn't homeschool. My parents did it. My mom is the teacher there. (laughs) Oh, that's so Um, cool. So your mom has taught your children. Yes. Yeah. That is so cool. It's been really, really cool. And um, yeah, the only reason we even put our youngest in school is just because she wasn't getting a social environment like the other two were. Um, There just wasn't enough kids in her community that they're doing with with their schooling. So um, yeah, it's been a really cool experience. And um, so that's, you know, that's the kids. My husband and I work at home. And what I do on a daily basis is I'm life coaching um, moms, helping them work through destructive anger and burnout. And it's kind of funny when people ask me, what do you do? And I tell them like, you know, help moms work through that. And they're like, does every mom in the world call you? Like who doesn't deal with that? You know? Man. <laughs> and, yeah. It, it's, it's interesting, but yes. And we'll talk about that. Yes. Yeah. Every mom gets angry and, and that's a totally normal thing. And, and I like to speak to that. So yeah, that's, our little life, a life in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. So what's the weather like in Montana right now? Just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Currently it is beautiful. It's like 70 mm-hmm. green. Oh. We haven't had smoke for like, oh, I don't know, maybe four Lord. or five days. Our summer really got taken by the smoke. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer, but a year ago, um, last week we had snow. So, <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. You just never know it up here in the mountains. So yeah. Is that now you, were you raised in that area? I was raised, I've born and raised in Montana. I've lived oh. in Bozeman most of my life. Um, but I have seen snow in every single month of the year in my 41 years. <laughs> no, ma'am. I don't care how beautiful it is. 
You got to love skiing. I mean, skiing makes winter way better. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we have good friends that live up in Minnesota and I have been like, how do they do it? I mean, literally it's like they make an ice rink in their backyard in the winter and that's what their kids do. They skate all winter long. And so I'm like, you know, the harsh winters, you might be able to find some more things to do than like, I grew up in Kentucky where you just have these cold gray days and you're like, Oh, Well, it's kind of funny, like we're getting older and and we're getting a little achier and we actually, as you and I are recording this right now, I have a hot tub getting installed on our back deck. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm like, no more winters without a tub husband. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about your faith journey. How did you come to know Jesus? Yeah. So I can't tell you a defining moment. I can tell you that I feel I've been speaking to the Lord since I was very young um, or that I've not been speaking to him, but he's been speaking to me. Right. And, um, I can remember days when I was questioning, you know, God, if you're really real, let the wind blow the leaf right now, you know? Oh (laughs) yeah. I mean, that was like age eight or something. And, and just, I don't know, having a, a understanding that there was something there that he was there. Um, I can remember going to a family funeral and, one of the people there came up and asked me, you know, how I was doing. I'm like, I'm good. I'm not mad at God. Like he's in control. He knows what's going on. And they were just looking at me like, you're like 10 or 11. How do you like, whoa, (laughs) you know, I'm just, I don't know. I just always felt like he, he's been present in my life and there's sure there was a time I did, I had baptism and, um, and then there's been times throughout my life where I have distanced myself from him, but, um, never has he left me. And, and I just don't remember real, a, a real defining moment of like, okay, Jesus is, I'm accepting him. <laughs> well, I love that though, because I think that's more common. And I think we need to speak more and more about those things that not everybody has this, like, oh, I ran down the aisle and came to know Christ. Like, right. I, it was an yeah. evolving over time that I knew he was Lord of my life. So when you were a young mom, there came a point when you say you were on the floor throwing a tantrum with your two-year-old and you just realize like something's not right. And so take mm. us back to that time and um, that season. Tell us a little bit about what was going on, what feelings you were experiencing. So I knew that I had a challenge processing anger, um, even back a little bit farther from that moment when my husband and I got married and started living together, mm-hmm. I would be screaming at him and he would be so quiet, you know, and I'm like, why are you screaming back at me? And he's like, that's just not how we, I get mad or process, you know? And I'm like, that's not fair. Like, um, I need you to yell back. <laughs> and, but I just noticed like it, it wasn't healthy, but I didn't know that there's a way to change anything. Right. It even made me fear having children because I wasn't sure yes. how I would react to them. And, and I grew up in a very reactive household. Like this is what I saw processing, yelling, slamming doors. That was type of thing. Both of my parents are reactive. So it was one of those, you know, that's what I knew. Um, but yeah, fast forward to when Enya was two. Um, yeah, I absolutely had no idea how to handle her tantrums and it would make me so angry. So I'd be screaming and, you know, crying and just furious with her. I'd Mm -hmm. leave little bruises on her arms. I'd leave handprints on her, but I was very abusive on Mm -hmm. all levels to her, um, physically and emotionally. And it was scary, but again, I didn't know. I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do about this. And 
Um, one of the things that God instilled to protect my daughter at that point is we actually live next door to my parents. And my parents, by the way, throw out to them, like they've absolutely grown through their reactiveness as well. I mean, my mom homeschooled my kids. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I trust them. They're, they're amazing. But um, yeah, so when I would get to the point where I'm like, I might really actually hurt her and end up in prison or something, right? Um, I had to go get my mom, like, mom, I need you. I need a break. I can't do this. And, and she would absolutely step in and, and help me in that. Um, so that really helped protect Enya. But again, I didn't know how to overcome it. I didn't know that I could. And my husband didn't know what to do with me either. And when he'd try to step in, he would get in trouble too. Like I would just rage out on him. Fast forward, we brought her, her sister home, Skye, uh, and I remember one night she, I was nursing Sky, and Mike was putting Enya to bed and her tantrums were just getting more and more epic. And I'm sitting here nursing, you know, you're supposed to be relaxed when you're feeding your baby. And I'm just getting more and more angry. And all of a sudden I scream at the top of my lungs for Enya to just shut up. And mm. Sky stops nursing and looks at me at this tiny little horrific baby face and just is wailing I'm like something has to stop. And yet I still, at this point, I'm thinking there's nothing I can do. We need to do something for Enya, right? Like I'm still yeah. placing, not taking responsibility for it. I'm placing it on Enya now. Enya, if you would just listen, I wouldn't get so upset, right? So she must have issues. So I take her to a therapist and the therapist observes her. She talks to us. Then she talks to us without Enya there. And she's like, Enya's a perfectly normal child for her age and development, and I'm like, yeah. And she's like, she doesn't need to be in here. And I was like, well, but you're not home. Like you don't see what's going on at home with her. Mm. And she's like, yeah, I understand. But Natalie, I really think you need to be in here. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, but deep down inside, I was very, very grateful because I knew like, wow, somebody's finally telling me there's help that, that this doesn't have to continue. So let's fast forward four years from there. I leave therapy and, and I've, I've learned a lot about me and my family and, and things, but I still have the pattern of yelling at my kids. And I will also tell you, it wasn't a Christian therapy that I went through. It was, it was a psychoanalysis that I went through. So the Lord continued to, that kind of was the precipice though. That was the turning point for me. It got the ball rolling for personal development and growth and just knowing that I don't have to settle for this. I can keep finding something. And there was a time through that whole period where Enya was little, but that was one of those moments in my life that I had kind of walked away from the Lord and mm. didn't put a lot of, I was angry at him. I was mad. I'm like, why would you give me these kids if I can't protect them and take care of them? Why would you put this in my life? I don't want to be here. I don't want to be a mom. I don't like being a mom. I, I want to get out of this. They would be better off without me. I'd be better off without them. Um, and those were the, the negative thoughts that I was having. Mm. But again, I don't have like this major turning point, just things that would pull me closer. He was pulling me closer through different things that I was doing. I was trying to get an online business started. I wanted to be a work at home mom. Business after business kept failing. And through each failure, I started learning more and more about growth, personal growth in failure. And that as we make mistakes, that's where we get to like step back and go, how can I learn and grow from this and turning like more of a positive mindset where it led, he led me into Christian life coaching school. And it was in that place where I really created a habit of spending time with him on a regular basis. It was very highly empathized, <laughs> I can say the word, mm -hmm. 
basically the point being that how can you coach someone through a Christian perspective if you're not opening yourself up to the Lord to use you in that way? And so it was like, yeah, and, and how do we do that? We have to spend that time on a regular basis with the Lord so we can recognize his voice, right? We can't have a one-sided relationship with the Lord. And I think so often, and I know I'm guilty of this, that we can get to this point where it's like, well, God, why aren't you fixing me? And, mm-hmm. and how come you're not here? And it's like, I never left you. You're mm-hmm. the one not spending time with me. And I tell people, I'm like, if you if you and your husband, you know, if you have this relationship where maybe he's gone all day and he comes home and you're like, this is what happened. This is what I need. Thanks for doing this. And that's all you say to him. And you don't listen to him. What kind of relationship will you have with your husband? There's no intimacy there. It's just basically like, listen, and that's it. Like, hear me out. And that's all. And that's what I fell into with the Lord. Right. And so I had to cultivate that relationship with him. And as I did, he continued to lead me in growth and have more of the fruits of the spirit with my children, which is another point that I thought, hey, I, you know, I am a Christian. I have Jesus in my heart. I know the seal of, of accepting Jesus is the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit produces the fruit in your heart. <laughs> I'm like, why don't I have that fruit? You know, and I'm expecting oh, yeah. Jesus just to hand over a fruit basket where in reality, he puts the seeds in our heart and we have to help cultivate, cultivate those, mm-hmm. right? We have to go to the Lord and cultivate that with his son and his spirit and his word and fellowship. So, well, so started- let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. So for somebody, I mean, even me who really have, has spent one-on-one time with the Lord, I mean, 95, if not 97% of the days for years and still struggles with the yelling at your kids and the outbursts of anger. How do you coach them? It's these patterns that are set up our coping patterns. It's how we're protecting ourselves. And Mm -hmm. it goes into what's the difference between healthy anger and destructive anger or normal anger, right? Mm -hmm. So let's get into that. Yeah, We have normal anger is that frustration. Everyone is going to feel angry. And that's something that we've been taught. I feel like in our culture, especially in like Christian culture that we can't get angry. It's a sin. And I'm like, you can't not get angry. It's Mm -hmm. part of who you are. We experience anger, disgust, fear, um, sadness, and and joy, right? Those are the five emotions. And and the Lord experiences these things as well, right? I don't think the Lord experiences fear, but you know, he absolutely has righteous anger Absolutely, and, and we have righteous anger. And often what happens is we feel anger and we don't know how to process through it in a healthy way. And so we start to use it to control, manipulate, protect ourselves in situations. And the reality is let's go to a, a basic foundation. Let's take faith, uh, our flesh and our emotions. And when we experience an emotion, our flesh has an energy release with it, right? What happens when we're sad? We might cry. What happens when we're disgusted? We might kind of roll our eyes or like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and and when we're angry, we stomp our foot or we might sigh. Or, you know, I tell moms in the very beginning when they're really struggling with yelling, I'm like, instead of yelling at your kiddo, just let out this you know, and tell your kids, you know what, let's just roar like a monster and get that energy out. 
right? So you're not yelling at your child. You're just getting the energy release out because we often get tripped up by that feeling, thinking that we got to use this feeling and our justification to, to make something, to control a situation. And the two combined creates that destructive behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And healthy. So just healthy anger in general, you're irritated, you're frustrated. You might raise your voice at your kiddo. You might let out that, oh, you know, right. Um, that's normal, right? You're going to get frustrated when your kids aren't listening to you or when they fight or whatever, or if you're frustrated about something else and then your kiddo just is the last straw with like mommy one more time, right? Those things are, (laughs) yeah, like those that you're not, you're, there's nothing wrong with you for feeling those feelings and having those experiences. Now, when we get into destructive anger, like where I was with the abuse, right? That's when we're really trying to manipulate the situation, mm-hmm. control it, protect ourselves. And we're trying to, um, we're, we're hurting our relationship with someone else in that moment. Okay. So what does that look like? It can look like many things and we have a reactive and we have um, also passive aggressive anger, right? So I'm going to kind of list all of these things that I can think of off the top of my head. We've got the screaming and rage. I can remember raging out so much that I would check out like out of body experience and come back and be like, what just happened to me? What did I just do? Right. So we can get to that point. Um, we can physically abuse where we're hurting mm-hmm. the children or husband or whoever um, with our hands or throwing something, right? Mm-hmm. Making those really bold statements, slamming the door or, you know, whatever. That one's kind of a, a gray area for me. I let the kids slam the door if they're angry. Sometimes I'll even slam the door on a PMS cycle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's like the the energy release, but Mm -hmm. you have to come to terms with that in your home. My husband has screwed the door jams in every door in our house. We've got four girls here (laughs) and three of us are cycling now. (laughs) So we let the door slam go unless it's a repeated offense, right? We're just like, okay, just releasing energy. (laughs) Yeah. But not in somebody's face, right? We don't want to do that. And I used to do that to my kids. I totally slammed the door in their face. Mm. And then we've got the passive aggressive where we are snarky or we're silent treatment, or we're just getting off. I remember just getting into my car and driving off with my husband home. I would just stop talking to him. Like, that's it. You know? And I leave, I felt like God let me experience all of it Mm -hmm. um, for a reason. So I could understand each (laughs) mom that I'm coming to. Right. Not that we don't all experience it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say there. Yeah. My husband was more passive aggressive. And that's definitely more reactive, but my husband can get reactive if if pushed to the right level, right? Right. So we can all experience destructive behavior, but if that's where we continually turn to by a pattern and habit, and we're just, that's how we are parenting, that's when we know we're struggling. We're hurting our relationship with our kids. We're Mm -hmm. not teaching our kids how to process emotions in a healthy way because we don't know how to, right? When I was on the floor with my two-year-old throwing tantrums, I was stuck in the two-year-old tantrum. Like that's where I was stuck in processing emotionally and, and maturity level, taking responsibility for your reactions and your emotions. That's a gross thing. It's not something you can't overcome. It's something you have to grow to, right? It's a maturity level. And it's really starts with the foundation of saying, I need to work through this Mm because what I'm doing is hurting my family. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where I finally got to, it was like, 
oh, you mean I'm the one who needs to work on it, not Enya? Okay, that makes more sense. And I didn't know that that was even a thing. Yeah. Again, you know, in those early years, I thought this is just who I am, Scottish Irish blood. This is how my parents processed it. Yeah. I can't get over it. And so it's, but it is, you absolutely have to grow and it's taking responsibility and it's learning how to go. I can't blame my children for everything they do that upsets me. I have to take responsibility in how I am processing that reaction back to them. And yeah. when I do mess up, cause I still mess up, trust me, I still will, will yell at my kiddo or I'm not destructive and abusive anymore. I will tell you, I'm not hurting them, yeah. but I still will get angry. I still will cross the line. Maybe I'll say something or, you know, threaten or, you know, raise my voice. And I'm like, wait, you know, and that's where we go through recovery. Mm-hmm. What are some tools that you use to help, you know, yourself? And then I'm sure that's some ways that you coach other women now in the moment when you're angry, what are some tools that you, um, really help women to embrace and understand? Yeah. So this is going to kind of pull your question. Like, well, if I spent all this time, cause I, I get that I, I do spend all the time with the Lord, but I'm still angry. You know, I'm still having these issues. And again, that's the pattern. That's okay take responsibility. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's this message you're hearing today that's saying you have to take responsibility for your reactions and you can change. Maybe you didn't know that before. Maybe you haven't heard it before. Maybe you haven't heard that it's okay if you get angry, right? And, And that's a big thing. We push off those negative emotions, feeling like it's not okay for us to feel those things and it is okay. But how can we process those in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. So the first thing I like to teach is what I call sit and pray. And I shorten it to sit and pee <laughs> because I want to <laughs> remind you that there is typically a room in your house that has a door lock and it's the bathroom, right? And it's usually a really great excuse because no one's going to tell you you can't go to the bathroom if you need to go to the bathroom, right? Your toddlers might follow you to the door and bang on the door, but the point is it's okay. I'd rather you have your toddlers on the other side of the door banging on the door than you on the other side with your toddler banging on your toddler, right? So I want you to separate when you start to get frustrated and angry. Just tell your kiddos, this is what I do. Hey, I'm angry right now. I don't want to hurt you with my anger. I need to take a moment to calm down. We all need to calm down right now. So we're going to separate. And so we walk into another room and shut the door if we can. You know, there's all, there's going to be all kinds of different special, you know, things, but this is just the basics. All right. So we separate, take those deep breaths. That's the, so the S is separate, I is inhale. We're inhaling, we're taking deep breaths. We're calming down the flesh. And um, then we're going to tune in. T is tune in. We're going to start saying, okay, anyone would be frustrated in this moment. It's okay that I'm angry. It's okay that I'm frustrated. There's nothing wrong with me for feeling this way. I'm not sinning because I'm angry. I'm just feeling this emotion right now. And we need to validate ourselves. And then we turn to the Lord. That's the pray. Lord, I'm frustrated. Tell him all the things. This is one thing that I work through with clients a lot because they're like, I feel like I can't say something because it would be sinning. And I'm like, girl, I will sit in my closet on a sit moment and I will tell them all the reasons why I do not want my child, why they are so like frustrating. Yeah. Why, you know, I'll just say all the things because it's in my head anyways. He's in there. He knows it. Mm -hmm. He knows it. And he would much rather me just sit there and process it out to him than for Mm -hmm. me to take all that energy and put it on my child. Right. 
So I will, I will say everything I'm thinking and feeling and let him know. And sometimes I'm even like, I want to stay mad. I'm justified feeling angry right now, you know? Mm. And yeah, you know, when you have littler kids, it's a lot more difficult to just stay in there for a long time. Right. But again, just process, take that moment. It's, it's a moment to reset, kind of pull yourself together and, and with the strength of the Lord. And I look up, I'm like, Lord, help me right now. I don't want to be destructive toward my children. I do not have anything that it takes right now for me to go back out there and mom, I need your strengths. Help me be productive. And that's where we really want to go is we want to take our anger. It feels productive when we scream at our child and they listen, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're like, the scream's been more effective than just me asking nicely five times in a row. Yeah, right. And as much as that feels productive, we all know it's destructive. And that's where we get the mom guilt afterwards Mm -hmm. because we hurt our child and we know it. And we know we really want to do the right thing, but it can feel difficult. So if we can take that moment to reset, and sometimes we have to take lots of moments, especially, you know, I'm talking out there to the moms with the littles, especially when they're little. Okay. But then I've got teenagers too. There's definitely to say, listen, the preteen, I mean, don't. (laughs) Oh yeah. I will tell you, I think one of the most challenging ages that I've had to deal with is between eight and 12. <laughs> I'm like, Whoa, girl. <laughs> and, and I'm on my third, my last, my, mm-hmm. she's, she's going to be 11 in a week, but um, yeah, that's been a very challenging time for, for me too. I'm recognizing it with the girls, but I'm um, not just my story. doesn't mean that's, what that's right. I mean, <laughs> don't you feel like too, so much of with parenting and with, I mean, mom anger and then mom guilt. Um, I do want people to hear that it can be very different, even depending upon the personality of your child Oh, for sure. And how like, so you can be triggered by something that happened to you when you were young. And because this child bears some type of personality trait that makes you think about that. I mean, those types of things trigger us into destructive anger. That's not okay. It can really mess with your head when you have a kid that there might be a personality trait that really grates on you. And you're like, yeah, I really want to love them, but this really, really bugs me. Right. Yeah. It's so hard. And it's, (laughs) it it is. is sad. It is sad. And it's just, it's absolutely a tool the enemy will use. And we mm-hmm. have to continue placing that back onto the Lord and just saying, help me love this person. And in those moments, I just will speak to the fact that I try to remember to look for all the things I'm grateful for and thankful for with that child. If there's a, if there's a problem mm-hmm. like that going on, um, praise will absolutely change you know, he changes Absolutely. the dynamic with praise, right? There's, there's a lot of scientific study actually right. behind praising the, the Lord and, and, and how our flesh responds to that. Um, yeah. So that's the sit and pray moment. Now let's say you blew it or you didn't blow it. And you're coming back after sit and pray and you want to recover and kind of pull everybody back together or, yeah. or you and your kiddo, whatever's going on. You can use this with your husband as well. You can come back and I, I like to take responsibility yep. immediately about me. So if I blew it, I go back. I don't say what they did. I say, Hey kiddo, mama is really sorry for how I treated you. It was okay that I was angry about the situation, but I am um, really sorry that I screamed in your face. That was totally not cool and not okay. So please forgive me for that. So I'll take responsibility for my action. And then I go, Hey, what was going on for you? Why were you upset? Or, you know, and I try to help them 
even at young ages, I want you to help your kiddos recognize and put words to the feelings they're having and validate them for those feelings. It's okay that you are upset. Wasn't okay that you chucked the toy at your sister. That, that wasn't okay. So validating (laughs) that. And then on, and hearing them out. So they feel like mom's listening. Someone's hearing me validating that I was feeling this way. And then I like to add an element of physical touch. You know, maybe you were on the lap or your arms are on the shoulder on the knee, or there's a hug, something that just, you know, you bond there in that moment. Um, and then if, if you want or need, you can go into, let's pray together about this too. And I also like the kiddos, especially when we're trying to teach them how to walk through this process. I like moms to encourage your kiddos to ask for forgiveness, especially if they were rude to someone else or even you. I know we wouldn't typically go up to someone who upsets us and say, you need to ask for forgiveness, right? (laughs) you know, but we want to teach our kids what that looks like and why. And I'm huge advocate for empathy. We are losing it so quickly in our society with the social media that we have going on right now and texting. Um, We have to understand that empathy. If we don't have empathy, we grow up with a personality disorder. (laughs) We really do. It's called narcissism. Yeah. you know, we all have narcissism, like a, a little bit of it. It's, it's the root of it is selfishness, right? Mm-hmm. It's sin. Satan would be the ultimate narcissist. Mm-hmm. They have no ability to um, understand how anybody feels on the other side. They don't, they don't recognize that their actions hurt somebody, but when they hurt somebody, it makes them feel better, mm-hmm. right? We don't want our kids to grow up and be like that. We want to teach our kids that your actions have consequences. So if your kiddo talks back to you, if your kiddo slaps you, you need to look at your kiddo and say, that really hurt my feelings. That makes mama hurt, right? I love you and I forgive you, but what you did really makes me sad. And we need to let them feel that and not, not to guilt them, but to help them recognize their actions have consequences on other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. So that's really important. Well, and that's something where you're saying like, take responsibility. And I mean, anybody that's been listening here for a while has heard me say this before, but, um, my husband and I've talked previously about like, what do you think was the difference, you know, in your family and in my family, uh, just as far as in like the relationship that he has versus the relationship I have with our respective parents. And I mean, so much of it comes back to saying you're sorry when you're wrong about something. And, um, I mean, saying you're sorry and asking for forgiveness covers a multitude of sin. I mean, it really, really does because both of us had parents who kind of dealt with things with some explosive anger. Yeah. You have, you have one who apologized frequently and one who didn't. And, um, we still see the fruits of that today, having been out of our homes for 20 years. So it makes a difference. But as far as in anger, when it comes to, you know, like you're what you're talking about with burnout and anger, and you're in a destructive place, do you recommend people at times like, yes, you need to go to counseling in order to deal with this even further? Or have you seen a lot of things where sometimes anger is a result of someone who's experiencing depression? Because I know for the longest time, I did not know that anger could be a symptom of depression as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that if you feel like you can't overcome with, Mm -hmm. you know, you feel like maybe you've been trying or, you just can't get out of these patterns. Like it was me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Or, or something happens. Like, again, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, 
I didn't even know this was a possibility, right? You know, you pray about it and ask the Lord to lead you. You know, Mm -hmm. where do you want me to go? Is there someone I can talk to? Is there someone I need to work through this? Yes, anger can absolutely show up. Um, A lot of times we can bypass sadness and go straight to anger because Mm -hmm. sadness can feel extremely vulnerable and anger is a good way to protect ourselves from being vulnerable. Um, So yeah, absolutely. Depression will bring on anger. So I absolutely recommend if you know that you're sitting out there struggling with this and you feel like there's just no hope or, you know, you want to overcome these patterns, then it's very important that you reach out to somebody, whether it's a therapist or me, someone that you feel safe. Um, I never want a mom to sit there and think that she can't um, overcome, that it's too late, um, that Mm -hmm. you can't. um, I remember one of the things that kept me from reaching out for myself was that I didn't want people, I didn't want anyone to take my child away from me because I was so fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was really afraid of that. And so, you know, and and maybe that was a subconscious thing. Maybe that's why I took Enya. (laughs) I'm sitting here thinking about maybe that's why I was like, Enya needs Mm. something, you know, it was like, if they could see that she needs something, you know, (laughs) right, right, right. It's absolutely something that you don't sit there and and think, first of all, you can't change. And I don't care if if someone's listening to this and their kids are grown adults already. Mm. Um, They can change. They can take responsibility. They can go back and say, you know what? I did not know how to process emotion when you were little. And I made so many mistakes. I just want to say, I'm sorry. And I want to make it right. Right. And Enya yeah. knows. So today, Enya is going to be 18 next month. And she and I have a beautiful relationship. It's mm-hmm. not by, it's not perfect by any means, um, but it's absolutely one that she, she's comfortable. She knows she can come to me. She knows that I'm not going to explode on her. Um, mm-hmm. If anything happens, right. She, and she knows the story and I've told her. So this is a good, good thing. I like to share with people um, in case you are in one of those places where you're like, Oh, it's been so long and they're older. Um, I've told her, I said, Enya, um, you know, the story, you know, how abusive I was. She doesn't remember it. I don't know if that is just a blessing from the Lord or if that's repression, like, you know, we'll have memory repression, but I've been very open with her. And if it ever surfaces or if anything ever comes up, um, talk to me about it. I'm absolutely willing to take any responsibility for anything that comes up for you Mm -hmm. in that. Maybe it won't hit her and maybe it will if she has kids. I don't know. Right. She knows that that mom's here on her team to help her work through it and will do whatever she, I need to. Um, so God is so amazing. He's so restorative. He makes all things new. And, and so I don't ever want anyone to think that they can't change or that it's too late. Yeah. Well, and even with that statement of, you know, God makes all things new. I always try to encourage women and myself, like God makes all things new every day too. And so don't just think that it may not, that, well, it happened again. So he didn't make all things new. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, that's no, I mean, it is a renewing day by day. It is a, um, God is in the process of sanctifying us until the day of Christ Jesus. And so we have to trust that renewal may not be that you just show up tomorrow and then never struggle with something ever again. Yes. As we close out here, Let's say a woman is listening and she's just sitting there nodding her head and feeling the guilt, but also, you know, you experience the the tears flowing because you're like, this is me. This Mm -hmm. is me. I'm so tired. I'm snapping constantly. And I just do not 
I don't want to do this anymore. What advice, and it may be a little repetitive and that's okay. Um, what advice would you share with them right now? Don't suffer alone. God mm-hmm. gave us people like community and fellowship for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, reach out. Don't sit there and think that you can't be changed or fixed or God can do anything. He rewires our brain. If you watch, if you read into science, he literally has created our brains to rewire themselves. And that's something that I do with clients. It's help them recognize what are you telling yourself? What are you believing? Mm -hmm. What stories are you following? What patterns are you using to protect yourself? Let's break those down, those strongholds down, right? And, and let the Lord work and um, heal you. And um, it's hundred percent possible. If you're breathing, you can, you can be healed. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, where can people connect with you if they so desire? Yeah, I'm over at nataliehickson.com. And then I also have a free, um, free thing for anyone listening. It's nataliehickson.com grace enough. Um, so slash grace enough, and it's called a trigger tracker. And what that trigger tracker does is it kind of helps you sit down and process through some of these emotions. It'll get you started on processing. Um, it'll ask you, you know, to take responsibility. What did you do? What was going on? What were the circumstances? What do you want this to look like next time you're walking through it? Um, and then it helps you just kind of bring awareness around those triggers that are happening Mm. for you. Well, Natalie, thanks so much. Um, I appreciate your time and know that what you're doing is very much needed. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. The Trigger Finder and the Calming Angry Kids link can be found at graceenoughpodcast.com slash overcome mom anger. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time. This episode was brought to you in part by Wheaton College's MA in Humanitarian and Disaster Leadership, which prepares Christian professionals to serve others faithfully and excellently. Called to help people facing disasters, human trafficking, poverty, or displacement as refugees? Visit wheaton.edu/hdl.